Hey, a bestie, it's me, Anto. Get into your rocket ship and tap into your inner alien. Time to join me and my friends for your weekly gab sesh. Let's take a trip inside my planet. Hey, everybody, this is Anto from Planet Girl Podcast. This is the very first episode, you know, besides the trailer. That was just uploaded before this one, but that doesn't count. This is our first episode. This is my first foray into podcasting. So all my nervous little tics are definitely going to make it into this episode. But yeah, I wanted to get into first introducing myself, introducing this podcast. What's it all about? You know, why is why am I doing this? That kind of thing. And I wanted to start that out with telling you guys about me. I think it would really help put this whole thing into perspective. Since I'm be hosting it and I guarantee you 95% of people out there have no idea who I am. So just think of me as your friend and we'll do this again. You know, let's start over. Hi. My name's Anto. My real name is Antonina. So that's A-N-T-O-N-I-N-A. But I'm more known as Anto among my friends. Antonina is the uh, name I use professionally and as um, an artist, kind of like my artist moniker. Lately, I've been going through something we call in astrology the reverse nodal return. I know that sounds like moon man talk for a lot of people, but hear me out. The reverse nodal return is essentially the lunar nodes. There's the north node and the south node. The signs that they were in at the time that you were born, at one point, they're going to be in opposite signs. Now we're going to go into this when we do our astrology episode. But mine have been, they essentially came back, but in opposite signs, meaning I'm supposed to, or I'm supposed to experience this kind of like reverse in life purpose or kind of embody traits that I once thought weren't there, I wasn't comfortable with, or traits that I necessarily didn't take advantage of. In my case, I do have my south node in Aries. So astrology tells you that I'm supposed to have already embodied these traits of being brazen and brave and courageous and and putting myself first that kind of thing. And I'm supposed to kind of embody the opposite traits of that the more I get into life. Like traits, the opposite of Aries, the sister sign, is Libra. And astrology will tell you that I should be embodying more of my Libra traits, being more um peaceful maybe like fair diplomatic friendly 
the thing is, I'm naturally like that. I'm already a Libra. However, that ties into more of my identity rather than the kind of emotional maturity that I'm in. And I, to be honest with you, I'm only 27. I don't know how much emotional maturity I have. And there's really no ultimate strict emotional maturity gauge per year that you're born. The, the eclipse came around. It's the solar eclipse in Aries, I believe, or Libra. I would go online because I consume a lot of astrology content. It's it's one of my 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 favorite pastimes. They would say that like, okay, you're a Libra. You know, for Libras and Aries, you're going to stand up for yourself more. You're not going to take any more bullshit. You're just going to go for it. Yada yada yada. You're going to be stronger in your relationships and set up more boundaries, etc. However, I didn't necessarily feel that way. What I felt instead was I was becoming more and more assertive with myself. Like I was creating boundaries with myself. Because to be honest with you, I struggle really. I have this internal battle with my inner saboteur. And at times she can be really strong, to be honest, very strong. And I've learned to not listen to her and not identify with the inner saboteur because you know i went to therapy and i was told that i wasn't my thoughts that i didn't necessarily have to identify with my thoughts and i could be in control of my thoughts and my thoughts don't define me which was one of the most helpful pieces of advice i've ever had especially as a very cerebral person not that i particularly think i'm very um, intellectual but I just happen to overthink a lot like a lot a lot but aside from the overthinking and the anxiety and the inner saboteur and irrational fears I do have like suffer from something called executive dysfunction where it's like these tasks I, I, I just can't bring myself to do it sometimes to be honest with you guys, when I was a kid, yeah, okay, I wanted to be a host. You know, I had a radio phase. I was obsessed with the radio at one point and I would call stations. As a child, I'm not sure if they knew I was a child or not, you know, just go up in the phone and I thought I sounded real mature. I thought it was passable. I, I would be like, um, hello, I'm calling. Hi, can I request this song? I probably really did sound like a 9, 10-year-old, and I actually was on the radio at one point. I digress. We'll get into that some other time. Yeah, I essentially, yeah, I to be honest, I really want to be a singer. I still want to be a singer, and that's always something that I've wanted since I was a child, to be an artist. I've done a lot of things. I've done musical theater. I've done just theater in general. I sing a lot, I, I, I've danced, I've done a lot of performing-related activities. I've been doing them since I was a child. So to me and to everyone around me, to everyone who knew me, they were like, well, that's kind of second nature is to you, isn't it? And I, you know, I, I would agree. It's just that when it came to actually starting it, you know, starting this podcast in particular, it really took 
a substantial amount of effort, a substantial amount of ass-kicking externally and internally, kind of waking myself up, kicking myself up off the floor. You know, there's there are two sides of me. One is constantly berating me. And there's the other side of me that's just like, bitch, just get up and do it. Like, if you can imagine somebody lying down and then I would honestly literally kick myself in my head like please please get up and do it like come on come on get up you know you you, you got shit to do you've got dreams to fulfill you you've got this potential that you know is inside of you that is just coming out this burgeoning need to do what you're passionate about and to be passionate. And it would come in waves. Sometimes I'm, I'm energetic about it. Sometimes I'm like, yeah, 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 I'll go for it. You know, I'd fixate on it for a while. And I do learn all these things and um, do all these other things, network with people, teach myself new skills, but it would never really completely get anywhere. Either due to fear or anxiety or again the executive dysfunction. Well my point is it took a substantial amount of effort for me to even start this, for me to even record this. To be honest with you guys, last night I was like oh crap, oh my god I'm gonna have to do it. It feels weird, I want to do it but like something is stopping me. But I'm here, I'm doing it, I managed to push through all that. I'm not sure how. I think I was just sick and tired of feeling sorry for myself. And that's when the nodal reverse nodal return came in, where I knew I wanted to make art. And I was sick and tired of feeling sorry for myself that I wasn't doing it, that I wasn't doing anything. There was no magical spell or like, because I'm honestly into a lot of witchy stuff. There was no spell to make me do it. There was no astrology reading to make me do it, no matter how encouraging or um, negative or pessimistic it was. That nothing could make me do it except me. And I knew that. And I was sick and tired of going through the motions, that, that internal struggle. If you guys have watched Legend of Korra, like, at least until the end of season two, you'd be aware that there are these two characters named Rava and Vatu. And there's, um, they're like two kites, right? They're supposed to be yin and yang, and they're in this eternal, cyclical, constant battle. They're always fighting. They're like, they're like wrapped up in each other and they're fighting. My inner saboteur and my dreams were Rava and Vatu entangling themselves in one another and bringing when one would win the other would bring it down etc etc and it had to be the avatar kind of I had to get in between that fight and say hey fuck off I freed Rava but honestly once you free Rava now now Vatu you know like Vatu's free Vatu's gonna come back it reminds me a lot of my anxieties in general and how eventually these, are, these things are going to come back and then go away and I'm going to have to fight through them. But it doesn't matter because that's part of it. You're never going to get rid of fear, of anxiety. It's a constant kind of maintenance that when it comes back, you have to tell yourself that I've been here before and I've gone through it. I've done it. I've survived and I've seen the worst happen to me and I'm fine. I lived. Life moves on. 
that's what's at the other side of fear, the other side of that inner saboteur that, you know, your inner saboteur is convincing you, trying to make you think that um, all these bad, scary things are over on the other side of that wall and they're, they're waiting to kill you or they're waiting to consume you in, in the darkness that you once were. But just by doing this first step, like, as I got closer and closer and closer to this wall, I was like, well, the wall is actually pretty small and it has a big ass label on it. It's got a big ass tarp and it's written in paint and it says, Antosphere's. And it's quite tiny. It's probably like a foot tall brick wall. And I got over it and I'm here and it's not so bad. So far, it's not so bad. This reminds me of that moment in community where Abed and Jeff meet for the first time, like the very opening of community where Abed is going on and on, on and on about his personal life and you think he's been in this conversation for a long time with Jeff and Jeff goes it's nice to know you and meet you Abed in that order <laughs> so <laughs> I feel like I've just done that I'm telling you all about my inner saboteur but yeah let's get into meeting me since you know a little bit more about so hey once again it's me Anto I'm from the Philippines um, the land of eternal summer, the land of wonderful singers, and the land of Jollibee. By the way, this podcast is not sponsored by Jollibee whatsoever. I wish it were, but it is not. Yes, the land where you put red hot dogs in sweet spaghetti and then eat it with fried chicken. And I love it. I love it. No one can tell me otherwise. I am so sorry for to all our Italian friends out there who probably see Filipino spaghetti and go, what in the fresh hell? But it's really good. As a child, I did not like it because it was sweet. When I grew up, I was like, God damn, I need me some friggin' Filipino spaghetti with nice melty cheese, hot dogs, mushrooms, the works. I crave it now and I've really leaned into it just by knowing I'm Filipino you'll probably be thinking of the stereotype that we can all sing see I don't know about that maybe majority of us are natural born singers one day you guys will hear me sing but that is not the episode today I'm yeah I'm a singer I'm a writer I'm a performer I'm a digital artist. I'm a Mariah Carey lip sync contest winner. Whoop whoop. Very proud about that. All around creator. That is me. I'm a communications practitioner and I'm a former social media manager for a couple of brands back home. My natural talents include once again singing, performing, public speaking, lifting my pinky toe and folding it over my ring toe, moving my nostrils simultaneously, imitating Shakira and sounding like, convincingly sounding like a chihuahua if I want to, and imitating Britney Spears. Those are my talents. <laughs> my interests 
include music, of course. I am very, very passionate about music, art, television, film. I had a TV addiction when I was a child. It was pretty bad. I did not all day, every day, if I wasn't doing anything, if I wasn't in school, my eyes would be glued to the TV and that probably plays into why my eyesight is so bad today. I also love astrology, as you might already know. I've been studying it for a couple of years, but I am by no means a certified astrologer. Not at all. I'm just a student. I can read a chart, I can read some transits, but I'm still learning how to do horary astrology. That's when you ask a question and you, you get some answers depending on the placement. I love social commentary. I love creating critical analyses of popular media, pop culture, all of that. But other times I like to turn my brain off when I'm consuming media. I am that annoying friend who is figuring out what is going to happen by the end of the movie. I am that friend. I am the friend who's like, oh my god, symbolism. Oh my god, it's the foreshadowing. That is me. If it's a new movie that we've, we're all watching, I really try to shut up and keep quiet and not to try, to try not to spoil anything for anyone. But if it's a movie that somebody's already watched and they're showing it to me, I have this habit of going, oh, I know what's gonna happen next. <laughs> this is gonna happen, you know, we're all seeing it and... I try not to do that. Dreams and aspirations I have. I would love to be a performer. I would love to live off performing. I would love to live off my music. I would love to make my own music. I just want to be a lover and not a fighter, baby. I just want to be an artist. I want to be paid for being an artist. I want good, stable income for being an artist. That is my ultimate dream. On the other side of dreams, we have our fears and nightmares and my worst fears include butterflies geese and heights butterflies um a lot of people think that's weird that i'm afraid of butterflies right but in my generation it's pretty common because i think you know if you grew up with spongebob and you watched that episode wormy where they cut very abruptly to a very, very close-up clip of a buzzing butterfly. Uh, that traumatized me. I could not see butterflies the same way ever again, and I hated it. I thought it was disgusting, and I am just scared that one day a butterfly is going to land on my nose and show me its horrible, horrible face. I think it's gross, and I hate it. I also hate geese. I used to be afraid of birds. But I'm not really afraid of birds anymore because a lot of parrot videos are showing up on my feed. Except for corvids, I was never afraid of corvids. Always been a big fan of the shoebill. I love hawks, eagles. I love big scary birds, but I do not like a lot of livestock. I do not like chickens. I'm turning around. Ducks. When I was a kid, a duck stole food from me. And this is a true story that my family loves to repeat. I was a tiny two-year-old holding a stick of fried bananas. If you're Filipino, this is... I was holding banana queue. And this duck saw me 
flew towards me and stole my food, it was scary. Maybe that's why I, I hate the flapping noises they make because since I was a tiny two-year-old, they didn't fly up into the air. They stayed close to the ground and therefore would need more flapping power. Me and ducks, we have a history. I'm trying to get around to it, but we have a history. What I hate the most are geese. I don't fuck with geese. I do not do it because they are aggressive and they have teeth and they will go after you. I don't fuck with geese. Nah. -uh. Heights. I'm afraid of heights because I have a very sensitive stomach and a very sensitive head. I have motion sickness. I don't mind going up. Going up is fine. It's the going down that gives me motion sickness and it's what I hate. Now, what I hate about going up is you eventually have to come down. You know, I go up and I'm like, oh my god, I get to see this view. It's amazing. It's beautiful. I get to see all these tiny windows in an apartment and wonder about the life that's going on in that room or the stories happening. And then I get to the top and I'm like, oh my god, oh crap. We're gonna, we're, we're here and we're eventually gonna have to go down. And I don't know how we're gonna get to the ground, but it's gonna happen. Yeah, not a fan of the downward. And lastly, my fear is not living a fulfilling and artful life if artful is even a word my goal in life is to become an artist to become a lover and an artist a lover artist a lover just i don't know <laughs> those things and it scares me that i'll never be able to do that now you might be wondering you call yourself an alien, you call yourself a foreigner, where are you right now? I'm currently residing in Seoul, South Korea. Made the choice to risk it all and move here a couple of years ago and now I'm here. Being in Korea is uh, just an experience I don't regret. I don't regret this experience one bit. There have been high highs, low lows, mids, <laughs> some stuff I would rather ignore. And stuff that I'm like, yeah, I don't think I could be who I am if I had not met that person or if I had not gone through whatever it is. So let's talk about why I'm doing this podcast. So the idea of starting this podcast came from a very turbulent two weeks I was once again wrestling with my inner saboteur. I was just going through it. You know, sometimes you just go through it and you have no choice. I had no choice but to let it out, but to let it sit. And I don't know what triggered it. And I don't want to know. I'm already over that brick and I'm at a point where I'm like, okay, that happened. It's time to move on. But I was going through my regular existential crisis of like, why am I not doing what I want to do? Why am I not putting myself out there the way I know I should be doing or the way I want to? Because I do want to put myself out there. I'm just bogged down by everything else. And it, it came with a lot of reflection and a lot of thinking. I'm quite different or maybe similar to a lot of people. A lot of people don't have to think this hard about starting a project. And for me, it was something that was a long time coming and I just needed to get over that brick wall of fear. So after all of those reflections, I realized that I wanted a space where I could own who I am. Because I'd hit a period of my life where I was just so 
afraid of what everybody else thought or says or what they could potentially say or what they could potentially think. And it really, it really limited my happiness. It really limited how I could bring myself happiness and how I could bring myself fulfillment and satisfaction. I love talking. I love singing and then making jokes and doing voices and being goofy. But unfortunately, there are some circumstances in life that have really limited my ability to go back to who I know I really am. Because I'm not going to lie, while life here abroad is something I wouldn't regret, it came with a lot of things, you know, being an alien, being a foreigner. At one point, you kind of just feel this friction of like, God, I'm different. You know, and I felt like I couldn't be myself for the longest time. It felt like all of this mental adjustment was starting to get into me and I was being put, being forced into this box once more. When I knew from the beginning that I could never fit in a box. I could never fit in a tiny four-wall space and I could never be forced into one no matter how much other people have forced me into a box or no matter how much I forced myself into that box. It would just never happen. The more I limited myself, the lonelier I became. And no matter what I did, there was nothing that could permanently quell that loneliness. I'm very thankful for my support system and my friends who have really been there for me through the darkest and toughest of times and through the best of times as well. But it would always come in waves. And I assumed that it was part of adulthood. And I still think it's part of adulthood every now and then to feel that kind of loneliness. But at the same time, I realized I felt lonely. I felt alone because I couldn't even accept myself. I didn't even want to sit with myself sometimes. Because I was so afraid of myself. I was afraid of my own thoughts and my own intensity and my own tendencies and propensities to be me. And when you're not at peace with yourself, you know, it's like you can't even accept yourself. Of course, you're going to feel lonely. Of course, you're going to feel alone. So this kind of loneliness that plagued me for years, it just kind of worsened a little bit when I removed myself from the comfort of my own home. That's really the price you pay when you move abroad into a country where you don't know anybody. It, it happens to everybody. And that's where you kind of commit to being an alien. So when I moved here, I got something called an alien registration card. I was familiar with the term alien being used for bureaucratic purposes. I did say it did feel kind of weird. I was like, oh, I'm an alien. Uh -huh. But I brushed it off. And eventually, the culture shock got to me. Because to be honest with you, I was repressing the culture shock. I was like, I'm not doing it. I'm never going to feel culture shock. No, 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 no. Culture shock happens. It happens in ways you don't even know. Sometimes you, didn't, you don't even know what you're experiencing. It's culture shock. And that's what happened to me. And once I accepted that I was going through culture shock, being an alien became easier to accept. And while I accepted that, I had an amazing group of people to support me. And I realized there was nothing wrong with me. There was nothing wrong with being different. There was nothing wrong with being an alien. And you're always, no matter what you 
do. You're always going to have people who are there to support you. Maybe you don't see it, maybe not yet, but there are people out there who will help you embrace all those parts of you and really highlight the great parts of you or and who are patient with you while you work on those other parts that haven't been serving you as well. And talking to people, connecting with the world that lives outside of your head is such a huge help. It seems like a very, very daunting task to open up and open yourself to others and let them in because you've been hurt before. Yes, it feels daunting. It seems daunting, but it is such a huge help when you go out there and step outside of your own head. What you're thinking may not necessarily be facts all the time. I was so scared about what people thought of me, particularly here. I had noticed that I was not myself, not the person I knew who I was. As long as I embrace who I am in the moment, I'm never going to be lonely. And I give myself that room and that patience. Because if my friends can give that to me, and if I can give that to my friends, why can't I just give it to myself? And those are the moments where you kind of really need to step back, let things sink in, express it, and maybe phone a friend. I love the idea that you could just somehow have a friend over the internet through a podcast. I love when my friends from different groups meet each other for the first time and we all have a blast despite being total strangers. And for my listeners out there, they say there's a certain type of pain. There are some types of pain in life that can't be soothed with words. And while that might be true for certain instances, I hope that when you're listening, you realize that you can own your inner alien. You can be an alien, but you'd never have to be lonely. Being an alien does not mean you're alone. So a couple of things you can expect from this podcast would be hearing about my journey and especially as an aspiring artist, as an aspiring musician, all my experiences in life, well, okay, some, some realizations that I have that I think might be able to help some people. But also, you can expect my friends to jump in every now and then. There may be times where this podcast can be a little bit more serious and introspective, but that's really because I'm a Capricorn rising. <laughs> um, astrology aside, because we'll have some episodes discussing some astrology things here and there, I just notice that everybody has their own fixations and their hobbies, and they have these things that regardless of their nature, they can go on and on and on about. And I love listening to my friends when they go on their tangents. I'm just, I try my best to concentrate because sometimes it's hard for me to concentrate, but I'm like, yeah, girl, yeah, get it. And I, I love the exchange of ideas. So the best bonding times for me is when people are so wrapped up in what it is that they want to say that they just, they just go, you know, full Monty or... <laughs> dragon mode like oh my god my my newest obsession is this chair you know i love hearing about that stuff personally one of my niche obsessions lately is watching people eat whale skin and seal blubber and seal fat i don't know if that sounds weird to some people for me it's not weird at all but i just lately i'm just like yes this is the mukbang i want this is the mukbang i want to see i don't know why it pleases me so much and I go into this rabbit hole 
And I'm like, oh, it's an Inuit tradition. Like it's an Inuit delicacy and stuff like that. And like I eventually shared with some other people in all these little niches and it's just so fun. So everybody has that kind of niche and fixation and hobby that they want to talk about, but they feel like they can't talk about sometimes or they feel like no one's going to be able to relate to this. No one wants to hear this. I want to hear it. This is the space for all my friends to do that. And for you to listen in and see if you have anything in common with my friends or discover a niche that you didn't know you had. Hmm, right? We'll see about that. One of the things I want to get out of this podcast, which I think is the priority of everything, is to really just have fun, just express myself. That's what matters to me most, having fun. I mean, eventually down the road, I would love to have my idol, Conan O'Brien as a guest or guest on his. Well, one day I would like to meet him and maybe I could do that through this podcast. I don't know. But to Conan Ginger Junk O'Brien, I hope we meet one day. <laughs> the next goal I had for this eventually would to have Bam Bam from GOT7 come on one day. Like that's like a dream. That is a goal of this podcast. That is a long-term goal that I don't know how I'm gonna get there, but I'm gonna figure it out. But he's gonna be on here one way or another. Either him or Jackson, Jackson Wang would love to have any of the GOT7 members on here. Honestly, would love to have my favorite artists on here. You know, Carly Ray Jepsen. Dev Hines of Blood Orange. Anyone I admire, I would love to have them on here. As long as we're all having fun. Um, like I said, I'm quite a talkative person. You can basically wind me up and let me loose on a microphone. But also, I do have those moments where I hold back. And as an extrovert, you know, I can just talk and talk and make friends and draw out all these social interactions. And I tend to be friends with a lot of introverts. So there are times where I'm kind of going off and I feel bad that they haven't said anything in the last 15 to 30 seconds. I feel terrible. I'm like, oh my God, did I did I just go down like a, another like rabbit hole where my mouth went da -da 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 -da, and they're kind of just staring at me like what's going on? But usually I'm like, oh my God, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Like, oh God, I realized you haven't said anything in a while. Yes. Do you have any? Yes. Do you have any opinions or something like that? And sometimes I get the response that's like, that's okay. I just want to listen. I just want to sit here and listen to you talk. And I'm like, wow. Okay. So some people do like that, you know? So for this is for the people who just want uh, a voice to fill the space or a hyperactive extrovert friend to accompany you while you're out grocery shopping and choosing between fruit or which bottle of ketchup has more bang for your buck and it's you know you're literally choosing between 100 milliliters at a time you can do it you can do it just just pick with what feels right or well, whoever is enjoying my ramblings i hope that we get to meet someday because if somehow this podcast could make at least one person feel a little less lonely or feel a little less scared to own who they are their inner alien then I know I've done my job. That's all the time we have for now. I'll see you next time. Peace. Thanks for coming over. Hope you enjoyed our little chat. You can stay in touch with me through Instagram at Planet Girl Podcasts. That's Planet Girl Podcast with an extra S. Can't wait to see you soon. Let me know when you're home. <laughs>